In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure, cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, LLS, will host a trailblazing event, big virtual climb sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 two steps inside or outside on stairs on the road on your treadmill doesn't matter just climb your way up join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart pumping playlist join us on june 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb conquer cure register at lls.org slash big climb climb those steps people Welcome to the Basket Buds edition of the Back to Back Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. We got Trevon Edwards. We got Wazdy Lambre. We got Dave DeFour, Jade Hoyce pushing buttons. And gentlemen, we have the NBA season back in like 50 days. It's coming, but it'll be here. It'll be here. But we had the owners say, yes, we like this plan for Walt Disney World. We had the players say, sure, we'll do that. We're trying to figure out when the next season will happen. But Trey, with with the league coming back, it looks like July thirty first will will be it, and then you know a couple weeks later we'll have uh, we'll have some playoffs starting. We'll get our regular playoffs, and we're going to try to accelerate everything since we don't have any travel. But Trey, um, it, it was moving this way for a while with getting the the league back and, and finishing out this season with going twenty two teams. Are you happy with what they did? Did you think they should have gone just the sixteen playoff teams? Like what where's your your stance on the plan that they have out? I think it's strange just because it's never been done before and if they're not going to follow up with it the next season, it's kind of a waste. Um experimental for the most part. Um but again they're constantly testing beta stuff anyway. Um but this will this will be interesting to see obviously with one Eastern Conference team to play in and then eight or I think that's eight or six. I'm not sure the number of the for the AFC um, for those playing games. It's going to be kind of strange, but I mean, it's sports and we'll, I guess we'll take what we can get, even though there's more important things to be worried about yes. right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see how they get this done and then try to follow up a season December 1st. Like what about the eight other teams that won't be playing in the tournament or don't have the access to their facilities during that time? Do they get like a special small outside league, a summer league to compete against? Do they share practices? Like these are things that they need to factor in and they didn't really consider those other markets. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Dave, in in terms of like the eight teams that don't get to go, personally, I'm I was thinking, you know, if we're gonna bring this back, let's just just do the sixteen playoff teams, give them a couple scrimmages to get back in into the you know the swing of things after a month long, and let's get this thing over with because I just don't trust that the bubble's gonna be secure. I don't trust that everything's gonna be safe, right? Um, you know, Florida. I think it was the day or the day after they announced. The NBA was was coming back. Florida, has, you know, announced its biggest spike in Corona cases since uh, since like April seventeenth or something like that. Like none of these places reopening are are safe at this point. But the NBA will hopefully have it have it you know kind of you know walled off a little bit or or, or some kind of some kind of safety zone. 
But within, in terms of like the eight teams that don't come in, is that an advantage or a disadvantage? Because I can't really figure out where I stand on that. Well, let's not forget when we talk about Florida that they also have a weird pneumonia thing happening, which, you know, maybe we need to factor that in when we're looking at coronavirus cases there. But uh, the eight teams, I mean, they're going to have a lot of time off. My expectation is that the league will say, all right, we're going to allow you guys to do like a summer camp, you know, something like that uh, away because I don't I don't see how they fit a summer league into this shortened offseason. And so they're going to need to allow teams time to work with rookies and, you know, undrafted guys that they might want to take a look at. So I'm assuming that they're going to come up with some kind of plan. Um, it is going to be interesting watching how these teams perform with the long break compared to the teams that, you know, are going to, let's say, play September and October. I'm not so worried about the teams playing, in, you know, the regular season games and maybe the first round of the playoffs. But the teams that are going a little bit farther, I you know, fatigue is going to be a huge factor. And I was talking about this the other day. I think next season, if they are going to pull off this shortened off season and hit the full 82 games, we are going to see the most load management of stars that we've ever seen. Yeah. Was it's, it's funny because, you know, for the last couple of years, it's, we got to get rid of these back to backs, no more four games of five nights. We got to do all this. So we, we got to care for the players, the players' bodies. And then it's, you know, let's say we start December 1st. They're like, Oh yeah, we're gonna have to have some back to backs and some four games and five nights if we're gonna fit all eighty two in. Like, what you know, what are we supposed to do? Our hands are tied. I don't understand the concept of a six week off season for everybody. Um, I get that the players are just come like when they come come back, they're gonna be coming off of essentially four months off. Um, and you know, I I don't know how you calculate that into all right. Well, the season after this is gonna start in six weeks. Um, I, I just don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm worried about how this all works out as as far as from going to doing essentially nothing because you know let's face it, working out by yourself at your house is just not the same as playing against top flight athletes, right? Um, the ramp up from this NBA regular season, which is sort of a gestation period, and then into playoff intensity or we think will be playoff intensity basketball. It's crazy. And, you know, um, before we started the call, uh, Dave was talking about this commitment to playing 82 games. Is that just straight up a TV and gate revenue thing? What's the, if oh, I think they're trying to well, make sure they, they gate, get as much money. Revenue? Yeah, right. actually, I don't know that they'll have, but I, but I, I think they're just like, look, we lost a billion plus dollars with this thing. Right. We can't lose more without fitting these games in. Right. And and they've mostly been opposed to going to less than 82 games. And, you know, all of the other plans, when they talk about dropping 82 games, they're also adding in the tournament and all this stuff. So, essentially, they're still going to play roughly 82 games per team. Uh, they're going to, you know, maybe it's uh, you, you play a few more w with this one team in a tournament and this other team only plays 76 or something like that. But, I mean, they're still going to try to hit that number. I... I you know, Seth Partnow is is working on something where he's talking about how next season is when they should be experimenting. And uh, I actually think he's right. I think if you're going to play around with the format, you might as well do it next year because it's going to be weird. I, my expectation is they want to end the season next year by July 1st. This is just my guess mm -hmm. because th they seem averse to changing the schedule. 
from December to August for numerous reasons. Players don't want to do it because you give up your summer. That's when these guys get to travel and hang out with their kids. Um, So you completely understand it from that perspective for basketball, you know, for watching basketball on TV. I don't know if I'm going to be, you know, I have to for work, but is the casual fan in July and August going to make those playoff games, your biggest games of the year, you know, going into the finals, are they going to make them must watch TV or are you going to be on vacation? Are you going to be, you know, out at the park or something like that instead of, you know, sitting at home on the couch with the AC bumping, watching basketball? That's the tricky part. Yeah, I don't believe the viewers will be there in the mm. summer. I don't either. I, I like I, they'll be there this summer because most of us will be back inside when the second wave of coronavirus hits, right? <laughs> like that, like we'll be yeah. back, like we'll be back inside by the time the playoffs come around. Um, it's a little weird to, you know, to try to tie it back into actual stuff that matters that's going on right now. And I don't know how you guys feel. Maybe this is too much of a tangent, but like I have yet to give a shit that the league is coming back. And I think a lot of it's just like mind on the protests and what's going on with everything. And the world just seems like too depressing for me to be like, yeah, basketball. And yep. also like, well, as you mentioned this before we start recording, it's 50 days away. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's, so, it's so far away from when this comes back. So it's kind of like finding out, hey, you're going to get to do this in two months. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll yeah, when it happens, I'll, I'll start thinking about it again. But it's sort of like an out of sight, out of mind kind of thing right now and I don't know how we're supposed to get excited I think when the weeks when we're closer like when we're two weeks out and you know maybe when they report to camps camps and stuff stuff like like that that, yeah yeah, it'll get ramped up but like I don't know when when it's September I'm I'm deaf I'm personally not thinking about the NBA in September and essentially this is (laughs) that (laughs) for us right now so you know we'll see what happens well I'm just it feels like it's so far off and there's so many things that could go wrong in the meantime. That's, yeah, I guess that's do we the think they're definitely they I mean they have to come back now that it's been announced, right? I mean, I think Wait, they want to come back, but <laughs> I don't know about have to. Like, I mean, something could happen that that could prevent it. Wait, you're saying there's a chance the NBA doesn't actually come back on the 31st? Well, I mean, if something goes wrong, you know, like this bubble idea is, uh, I'm not going to say it's not a perfect plant. I don't think anybody thinks uh, that. Here, here's what I'll say. It's a terrible That's plant. That's a very that is going nice yeah. so, <laughs> so they're going to have everyone there in, in what, roughly a month. Uh, yes, yeah. And there's so much stuff that could go wrong before they so even play a single parts, game. Right. So that's that was my reasoning for for thinking that they should just go straight to the playoffs. Because you're just adding extra variables. Every single person that you're adding to the mix is one person that could potentially ruin the whole thing. Yeah, I, well, so, Trey, like, they they seem, at least from the what I, people I've talked to and everything, like, they don't seem worried about having to shut things down if someone gets coronavirus again, right? Um, they, you know, I think they would go into quarantine. They would test all the people they've been in contact with and just move on. But what do we do? Amin and I have been talking about this a lot on NBA radio over the last like 12 weeks at this point. But Trey, like what do they do? like? Let's say LeBron and AD catch COVID-19 during the playoffs. They're not going to like suspend the series, right? It's just going to be treated like an Absolutely injury. Of, like, not. All right, on, Lakers, Zach, go get him, Alex Caruso. Hold on, like, Zach. <laughs> I, want, I wonder if the guys will stop playing. That Well, yeah, okay. That's, you a, know that's what I'm a good saying? question. Like, because yeah. to me, 
because I remember Donovan Mitchell when he tested positive. He's like, look, guys, um, I feel great. I feel amazing. I could still play. Um, and I had this thing. I wonder, and, and this might just be the conspiratorial side of me, if players have decided that they're not afraid to play with this thing or play against this thing. Well, I hope not. Well, so that so that's so because I don't know how you do this without all right. So this is this is the plan what they have. This is the plan that they have. Okay, so you get it. They're they're creating their own rules, by the way. So if you get it, you can recover after seven. You you quarantine for seven days, not fourteen, not twenty two, not a month, seven days. And instead of flying in a healthy player, that's that's you know, sitting on the couch and gets that call up to be added onto the roster. And then he has to quarantine. They're just doing the next man up and they're going to be bringing in, you know, maybe two extra players to, to become active. If that happens where that particular player has to quarantine, but I do, I don't see them calling it. If a star gets contracts it, you know what I'm saying? Um, but it will, Obviously, add into the excuses of other people saying, like, oh, if he didn't oh, get excuses. COVID, if he didn't get COVID, we would have won that series. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you have to add that into the, 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 the new narration of it. But then also we create these new stats. First player to have 30 points with COVID-19. <laughs> like, oh, uh, man. ESPN stats you know, and info is going to go nuts. Tuesdays you know, with so COVID, 29 crazy. points per Y'all game, all-time leader. The COVID, the COVID game, crazy. and you got players that, you know, uh, the first player to average 30 points in a 66-game season right, and, yeah. and these things. So new stats get worked around and, and, and of that nature, as, as silly as it sounds. Um, I'm interested to see. Uh, the discipline, the discipline, you know what I mean? Because I, I did consider most guys, especially the vets, to live outside of the bubble. Yeah. And because I've, I, I took time to actually research the hotels um, outside of this, you know, this area that they're going to be playing in. And it's very like four star. No, nah, not even four stars, maybe three point five ish. Right. And. <laughs> From what I've seen during All Star, most guys normally get Airbnbs. Right. Mm-hmm. So I could see guys either buying property for this time, or renting property, or trying to f- figure it out and see if they can kind of do it that way versus the whole bring three family members and quarantine with them in a small hotel, and the whole idea of leaving the arena or wherever the playing spot, um, and not showering at the facility and only showering at your place of residence. It's, it's kind of tricky to me. It reminds me of junior high school basketball. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Was <laughs> um, you mentioned like how Donovan Mitchell said he felt good, right? And Rudy Gobert said he felt good. And Christian Wood felt good. They felt strong. They didn't feel I, – I'm not doubting that that happened, but I wonder how many athletes would come out and say – Oh yeah, this thing kicked my ass. Like I don't, I mm. felt terrible, right? Because and look, I know it hits people differently. Some people get it; they're asymptomatic and it passes, and they're, and they're good, right? Or at least we think they're good. Um, like Tony Baselli, who granted was not a pro football player anymore, but he was a big, tough dude. He talked about getting it, like he got it, and he said it kicked his ass. Yeah, no, like, it was I completely know, I, debilitating. One of my, my, so I, my own friends, I, I, he's a fireman. Um, it, it spread in his in his firehouse. 
uh, back in March, and he was bedridden for nine days or something crazy like that. Yeah. Like it's, but I, but it I wonder what kind. I wonder if there will be posturing mm. if they, if they get it and they're like, oh no, I'm fine, right? And maybe they feel like shit, and maybe they. Well, Trey just like, mentioned the flu game. It's gonna be Corona game, right? Yeah, the COVID game. Like again, like I don't know what these guys are agreeing upon in closed doors, and I don't know how we would know about this. Um, I don't know the willingness or the ability for these guys to sign stuff that says, yo, I'm willing to do this, this, that, and the third to protect the money um, just in case, you know, they want to get litigious after the fact. I don't know. It just seems like (laughs) it seems like it's impossible to bring this shit back in the manner that they're doing it without addressing how easily people could get this, this virus again. Like, I, it seems so obvious to me that that needs to be addressed in some way. And if everybody's on board and gung-ho about, like, I remember remember the strong language that LeBron James came out with when he was like, whoa, who's talking about canceling the season? No players I've talked right. to want to do that. Like, it was really aggressive. Like, no, we really, or at least the stars and the people in charge of the union, really, right. really, really want to come back. And so... I don't know how you juggle really wanting to come back, really wanting to play these games, really wanting to chase this money with the obvious fact of how easily this disease spreads, right? Um, you know, that's that's just my thinking on it. Yeah, Dave. I, I can't imagine a scenario where if someone tests positive, they're allowed to continue playing. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. And these guys are going to be tested rigorously. So... I just can't imagine we're going to actually get a COVID game. Yeah, and and I think I well well maybe we will what if it's without the finals. Them. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like I, like what, I what mean, if there's so just, this is the thing though. If, so this if was, let's say I'm Giannis right and and yeah. I'm going against the Lakers in the finals and LeBron catches COVID and they and they're like and the Lakers are like yo we're good with it we want LeBron out there and the Bucks file a protest like what do we do yeah. then do we do yeah. we fault the Bucks do we call them the uh, cowards. <laughs> Right, like play against I him mean, with COVID, hold on. The cowards. Like, Listen, what do we do? <sighs> I mean, you know, ask Draymond Green what he thinks about it, protesting to the league during the finals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does he have a history I mean, of that? Uh, Dave, I, don't, uh, I don't remember. I've been wiped from my memory. You know. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's just no way you can have it. And, and this was actually one of the things that we've talked about a lot on Nerder uh, when we've had the epidemiologists on. Uh, Dr. Benny, is that you have to almost be authoritarian about these rules. Yep. And, and I, I thought that they needed to be extremely punitive uh, if you break the rules, meaning potential season-long suspension because of how serious the situation is and how tenuous it all is. You know, it could all fall apart very easily. But, it, you know, when we hear that the bubble's not really a bubble, then all of a sudden it's like, well, I don't, I don't know what the rules are going to be and, right. and how how concerned they are about this stuff. But I cannot imagine a scenario where someone's allowed to play with with COVID. But they don't see having to shut this down just for one positive test. So I, I you know, I, I think maybe if someone catches it during the finals, they just can't play. Now, all right, I have a potentially insensitive question, so buckle up. Um, I. For the bubble not being a real bubble, and any anyone feel free to, to answer this, but for the bubble not really being a bubble, is this about not feeling restricted yes. as a as a union, or is it about like, yo, I need to blow off steam? 
at, like I'm in a high pressure situation. I need to go blow off steam in the way that I do. This is part of my routine. Like how like how much of this is union related and how much of this is guys saying like I refuse to change my routine of, you know, post game this is what I need to do to in order to, you know, I guess get back to even or whatever that is, right? Cuz they have a crazy amount of adrenaline and pressure going through them. I think it's it's tied to culture. It's a it's a it's a concept of culture, and I mean that as Western, specifically here in the United States culture. Um, you know, people have had critiques about our response to the the virus and that it's been, quote, yes. inefficient, less efficient than places like Vietnam or China. Um, the bottom line is, is that uh, the characteristics of this place is that it's a relatively and I use the word relatively with emphasis, free society. And that's what people are used to doing. And so, of course, it's negotiated in the deal that I want some type of freedom of movement because that's our culture here. That's what these guys are used to doing. They're used to getting up and going, getting up and doing whatever the hell they want to do. That's their position, right? Um, And I think that's what that is, Zach. It's 100%. Um, I don't want this restriction placed on me. And to be quite frank, it's not a hell of a lot different than the people that you and I might have made fun of out in Orange County protesting haircuts. This is not different from that. These rules that yeah. they've had um, put into freedom of movement and family and this, it's no different than what we called privilege from those folks out in Orange County. It's it's literally the same thing. Well, so well, it's a little bit different. Hold on. To, to be fair to, to NBA players, it's a little bit different because, you know, this isn't, um, you know, they're actually being asked to come to Disney to do this thing. Fair. You know, so it's slightly different. But I also... I think that the union part of it that Zach brought up is an important part to keep in mind here. The union doesn't want to give up stuff to the league. Right. You know, like it's a slippery slope to a certain degree. And we might all think, all right, what clearly this is a unique scenario. But if you're the union, you have to think, what am I giving up now? And how much of it do I get back? You know, if we're giving up this much, you know, this much leeway, let's say on punishment, like I, I've been bringing up for people breaking the rules. Well, you know, now do we have a Roger Goodell where we've just allowed them to, right. to and, set yeah, rules that it, yeah, are not in the CBA? Right. And then once you have that, do you just allow yep. that to go away? Right. That's if right. You're, yeah. If you're the league, like, how do you do you feel the need to give up that power? Now, if I'm Adam Silver, like, yeah, I I think that his relationship with players and everything is far more important than being able to legislate legislate that stuff. He's not that Roger Goodell type as much as I do not love NBA owners slash governors um, as a whole, right? They're not as, <laughs> this feels weird to say, they're not as bad as the NFL owners, right? Like I'm not, like I don't want right. to say they're good, but they're not as bad as the NFL owners by any means. And so I do think it's a different situation, but, you know, and granted some of this is negotiating through the media, but Michelle Roberts came out and said like, you know, use the word incarceration, Right. Right. And, and that was and that was before the, you know, That's the protests and the burning rhetoric. of cities and That's stuff. Right. Oh, it 100 percent is. But I do wonder how much of that gets strengthened as a union in a mostly black mm-hmm. league where now you have what's happening in the country. Do they feel do they feel even stronger about? No, I need my freedom. I need the. I don't want this bubble. Like I, I don't. And maybe that's an extreme place to go. But I think that that's a thought process that has to happen for at least some guys. I think the league should have should have been very clear that it wasn't mandatory. And then you can escape a lot of that stuff. Yeah. You can say, listen, you're volunteering to show up. 
You know, you can you can sit at home and not collect a paycheck. Yeah, I yeah, I guess yeah, I guess I don't know I don't know where that where that goes. I mean, Trey, in terms of like the bubble being something players don't want, like where where do you think that falls with them? Like where do like where do you think like is it just a is it just a I want to be able to do what I want or is it is it more a matter of of principle? Like I because I'm I'm trying to figure out where I think it where I think it lands and I I don't know I flop all over the place with it. Uh, for some people that just kind of overthink or want to be that pushback, yeah. like to feel like quote unquote caged animals um, or circus show. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's for their, their own good. I mean, you think about the rookie transition program and you're like, bro, you only have to do three days. Don't do anything <laughs> stupid. And it happens and then all the time. Brings a woman. <laughs> like four it's hours a chick. Later. <laughs> it's 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 somebody secretly smoking weed. Right. It's just like it's just defiance, and it's just like with these players. I'm interested to honestly see, and like this is not to snitch, but I'm curious to see, you know, how many players stay away from Miami, how many players. Yeah. Um, I didn't even think of that. Jesus. Right down the road. Actually, actually think about you flight. know. Sticking to their 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 uh their family list, you know what I mean. How many people are actually you know you got you got a homie that you're sending out on runs to go grab this, you know who's actually your manager or whoever it may be, and then they contract something because they're not being strict about how they're supposed to go. So it's so many layers to this, um, and if they really care about getting this season going, they should be all the way 100% in. If you have any doubts or any defiance or you want to have pushback, then stay home. Take the L with the money, care about your health, and do what you need to do. I mean, you know, on a personal standpoint, I live in Arizona. We've been open for roughly two and a half weeks, and the numbers were twisted. And now we're, like, running out of ICU beds. You know what I'm saying? So, like, again... What's important, like Wall said, 50 days from now, anything can happen. I think in order for it to fall on everyone's front doors, you know, God forbid something happens to a player. And what I mean by a player is un- unrecoverable. You know what I mean? For it to be like, pull the plug. But right now, it's full steam go because it's a money thing. It's $900 million on the line. That's that's the harsh truth about it. And a lot of people... That especially the guys that's making thirty mil a year have side projects that they're funding and don't want to actually dip into their actual money that they have in their savings account or whatever they have. Yeah, because I'm also so, I'm also looking at it as like, like if I'm if I'm on the Wizards or I'm on Orlando or I'm on Phoenix, like I don't really have a reason to be there. Like uh, Orlando's <laughs> going to probably make the playoffs anyway, right? So like I guess they get a chance, of, but like you don't really like. There's really no point to you being there. Like, I mean, it just from a basketball competition standpoint, I guess, but like, you don't really belong in this scenario. Like the, the magic are there. And you can even say the nets to a certain degree, since they won't have KD and Kyrie, that's no offense to guys like, you know, Karis LeVert or Spencer Dinwiddie, but like, like you're just there because you have to be right. You're there because the league needs you to be <laughs> these other teams like Phoenix and Washington. I'll just use them because they're out of the playoffs by like five and a half to six games. Like, you are simply there to round out the numbers so that they can get a majority fodder. vote. You were you Meat were literally shield. just like the reason they brought <laughs> brought in a twenty two team proposal 
was so that they needed two-thirds majority and they wanted to pump up the numbers a little bit, right? And it ended up not needing it being necessary because it went 29-1 to and the Blazers were only opposed to it because they wanted the 20 game. You know, or the the 20 team system and not the 22 team system. But like, that's the reason they proposed a 22 team is one, get as many teams as you could to that, that local money with the TV Mm -hmm. broadcast. And two, they wanted to make sure that they had enough teams in the bag to pass this movement. So like Phoenix and Washington, if I'm like, if I'm Bradley Beal and I'm not like, you know, one, I have my money and two, like, you know, I, I mean, I know he's a competitor, but like, there's nothing really that you need to be there for other than collecting your paycheck and getting, and getting some work in. Cause not, cause the numbers don't count anyway. It's not like you're adding to your score right. totals. Or your <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we yeah. talked to John Wall last week on hoops adjacent and he said, and I quote, not even if you see KD and, and, and Kyrie come back, that won't gas you to come back. <laughs> You see me 2020 season. That's when you okay, see John Like, straight, we was like, yo, you know, your rehab is moved. It's four months, of, you know, from when the season would have normally ended and all of that. And he was like, I'm not coming back. <laughs> see, but this is, that's a good example of sticking to the plan, <laughs> yeah, right? right? Like, why, why rush yourself, especially for guys like KD and John Wall coming off of injury? Why rush yourself? In this abbreviated training camp, they're going to have and, 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 and to play these, the vir- it's these like a regular whammy. seasons games. Yeah, and people are going to knock them for this, by the way, which is just dumb. Like you, you can okay, so you could potentially come back uh, unprepared. Let you know, maybe you uh, suffer another injury or it sets you back or whatever. And now you're it's affecting not only the next season, but these are Achilles tears yeah. too. It's going to affect. Going forward, well, so and, David, yeah, and it would be like, well, why did you come back? This season right, exactly. didn't matter. You know, it's a lose lose. So selfish yeah, right, of you exactly. to come back. Yeah, all these all these guys that are hurt should definitely just Man, sit I it would, out. You, like, yeah, like I mean, I guess there are questions about whether Jonathan Isaac will be like Jonathan Isaac. Do not come back. Right, like if you had surgery, like like Portland, Nurkic and and Collins probably fine to come back. Um, you know, Nurkic was, was going to come back like four days after the league wound up shutting right. down. Yeah. So he was already Col- scheduled Collins to come was back. Scheduled like what, first or second week of April. So they would have right. sort of been in it still. Yeah. But John Wall and Kevin Durant both never intended to play this season. That was the plan that they come up with their, with their team and sticking to the plan is the smart move for this stuff. So anybody giving them a hard time is just, you know, doing it in bad faith. Before we get into all this, just a reminder, if you have not subscribed to The Athletic, you can sign up now for a free month by going to theathletic.com slash back-to-back and get 40% off a yearly subscription. Theathletic.com slash back-to-back, that's B-A-C-K-T-O-B-A-C-K, for a free month and 40% off theathletic.com slash back-to-back. So, all right, so we we talked about... um, one of the things that, you know, or things that the players potentially have to give up as a union. One thing I would not give back is the testing, uh, the no testing for weed. Like I know this was, this is a, one of those quote unquote special, you know, um, special conditions, right. Of, of what was going on. They weren't going to test for weed anymore during this pandemic shutdown and everything. But if I'm the players, you know, I've come back and say, look at the country. Look at the places yeah. that are coming back, you know, and granted, some of this is a legal thing because not every state is 
allowing weed to be you know rec- recreational right. or medicinal. But if I'm the players, you know, I'm like, yo, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be testing this for any for you know anyway. Like the the NFL, the NFL took drugs. it away, right? The the yeah. um, hockey, I think, doesn't do it for weed anymore. I could be wrong about that, but like, uh, but there are leagues, professional leagues, are like, oh yeah, 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 we're not testing for this. So and the NBA is supposed to be progressive and. Um, yeah. and you know, and player friendly and all this stuff. If I'm the players association, I'd say, look, this, this does not come back. Well, this goes to a, uh, one of my greater points that I have made almost my entire adult life is like, how is it my job's business? What I'm doing when I'm not at work, as long as I'm not showing up to work Stoned. with that stuff. And this is how the NBA should feel, right? <laughs> like as long as these guys aren't showing up to work, you know, oil can Boyd style, uh, tripping off LSD at the free throw line. Um, I, like, why do you care? Man, who's, so, fun, who's, the, who's the dude that threw a, a perfect game with the so um, was on acid? Like, maybe yeah. I, well, I, I thought, maybe you go ten well for ten for three. He was hung over for his perfect. Well, David, well, yeah, but oh man, who's, somebody threw like a no hitter or a perfect game on on LSD. <laughs> Game on LSD. Yeah, yeah, somebody did. Oh, yeah, that some, might- some <laughs> listeners. Doc Ellis. Doc, Doc Ellis dropped Doc acid Ellis. and threw a no yeah. hitter. Yes. Shout yeah. out to Doc Shout Ellis. Shout out to Doc Ellis. <laughs> he he pitched a no no on LSD and he would go get the tabs from his dealer um, right before. And yeah, I watched that story. It's on it's on YouTube. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, man. So who knows? Like but, maybe you know but, maybe you're you're a better shooter. But seventy percent of the league also was off LSD too at that That's time. That's true. So. And they were not throwing no hitters. <laughs> but. but Baseball has already eliminated marijuana testing. They're actually testing for opioids, which is smart, yeah, you know, right. given the the epidemic in this country, especially in sports, where so many of these guys get addicted to painkillers. So, you know, that's that's good. That's actually proactive, you know, for the people that are in your league. But the marijuana testing, come on, man! Like, it, it's, look, it, it I has only to say go. the counter to this, and I've heard people make it, is that the testing is so arbitrary and so easy to pass that it sometimes weeds out the guys that are just ridiculously irresponsible about it. Now, I don't, I'm not saying that I subscribe to that methodology, but I can understand where somebody's just like, yo, like you take this test one time a freaking year, you know, it's coming well in advance. Um, you should be able to pass that thing. Um, but at the yeah. same time, you're saying it's like an IQ test. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the wonder look of the right, NBA. Right. Right. And so I um, you know, I understand the argument, although yeah, obviously me personally, I'm I'm for abolishing, you know, testing for marijuana specifically. Like, especially because it's like everybody knows it's so widely used within the league, and the level of play in the league is still extremely high. That wasn't a double entendre, y'all. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know why it, it should be such a big deal. Yeah, because, well, it's a corporation. It's thing. about appearance. Yeah. It's about appearance. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the, still, I, I that always forget about well, that. That's why I always forget about that concept too, Dave. Yeah. Um, the subtext of it all, right? That's, like this being right. The Cause it's a black league, league man. Um, that's a hundred percent what and, it is. I think, look, that's why they're going to pump in sound during these games. And I and I agree with the reasoning. Because the black league, no, the appearance. You know the kind of no, but the appearance. You know the kind of words that's going to be flying out of these cats' mouths, right, man. So you got to protect. You got to protect the image of your league and your players. And so, like, I complete. We're all going to make fun of it, and it's going to be bad, and we're going to hate it. But I totally know why they're doing. I mean, anybody who's set 
close enough to an NBA court, whether it's a practice court or <laughs> during a game, knows exactly why they're going to be pumping this stuff in. I mean, it, it could get pretty, you know, I guess raw would be a great way to describe it. Yeah, if, just if anyone's ever seen a video of Kevin Garnett watching a you're watching right. anything, I guess. Exactly. Not even a basketball game. Watching anything. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Watching somebody walk their dog right. in the park. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the whole... Everyone's going to say, oh, I'd pay extra for that. Like, yes, we'd all pay extra to, to hear what's mm-hmm. going on. But, like, you know, the, the NBA... So, ESPN did this. You can't... You, can't, you flat out cannot do this for the games on ABC, right? But on cable... <laughs> On cable, you can get away with shit, right? Yeah. Like, right. Okay, but, but, but again, it's, is a it's the PR property. They're but, not going to want to do well, it. They did it. They did it with the fucking Last Dance. Mm, you, we that's got censored fair. version on ESPN too, and it's not like they're going to be, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> flooded with content, sports content to put out there anyway during these during a lot of these times. Because I I don't think baseball's coming back. They they're too dumb to negotiate what they need to do, Everett. right? Like, yeah, maybe ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you might you might have college football and, and NFL co- you know starting up around them, but we we still don't know for sure. Um, you know, the NBA might be the king of of the fall this year, and you could get ratings by having it on ESPN and ESPN two. You could have in and and I don't. I mean, maybe we just give Adam Silver the the dump button on ESPN just in case. Well, that was actually my my thought when they were talking about this was, okay, you already do like a seven-second delay. Just do a 20-second delay. Give yourself more time. And, and, you know, like it would be interesting. There's also, you know, again, man, I, I completely get it. You want to protect these guys. Oh, man. And in particular for this league because of the bad faith actors that just love to hammer them anytime something uh, that they don't understand happens. Just every time. Zach mentioned KG and the way that that thing escalated with him and Carmelo all those years back and what he said about Carmelo Anthony's wife and... and Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) And like... um, People were really into that story and I think people had a lot of fun with it, but I don't know that Carmelo Anthony necessarily enjoyed... Right. That being well, made well, public. Well, internet people right. were into that story, right? right. Like, would the right. casual Midwestern fan be into that well, story? Well, how's Laura Ingram going to treat it if something like that happens? Uh, right? Yeah. Like, Should if you're you the NBA, you have to think about that. About I mean, that lady you're, and you know, her you're selling it. You're still selling a product, yeah. though, right? Like, so you have to you have to take that kind of stuff into yeah. account. I mean, it's 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 all very interesting to me. I I, I obviously personally would love for um for for that to be the case for us to just hear every single word that's being said I love on this. the There's court. There's nothing I want more in this world. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to go. Listen, I want to go to Orlando just because I want to be able to sit there and watch the games with nobody around and just listen, man. Because there's there's stuff in the NBA that unless you're in it, like you don't know it. And you guys have all, we've talked to coaches and video coordinators and, and scouts and and the guys that are actually like really, really connected to what's happening on the court. You just don't get that when there's the fans around, you can't hear the, the, you know, the chatter and the cues. I want to be able to overhear the huddle. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Well, you don't want to hear the 2k sound. (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) 
You know, I'm, it's funny. That so is going to be crazy, by the way. That's so, so stupid, I, watched Trey, the I cannot believe this. Like, this is... Have you guys watched the, the Bundesliga since it's come back? No, I have really not. Serious. Okay, so I I watched it. I, I like soccer. I watched it. Um, with soccer, because of the camera angles, there are a lot of times where you you actually don't know that no one's there. Right? Yeah, right. NBA doesn't work right. that way. And especially, you know, like, I don't know. I, I just think the 2K sounds is a weird idea. It's a very it's weird a idea. You should idea. just have, you can just have someone, if you've got to have the sounds, just have a, a producer sitting there, you know, hire Jade Hoy to sit in the booth and he's got, all right, here's the, the regular crowd murmur. And when something big happens, he can add a cheer. Oh, I like this idea because Jade is. could also just throw in like the latest back-to-back episode, you know? That's right. Exactly. But, you know, do something like that where it's actually someone who's who's kind of following what's happening in the game. I'm assuming they're going to have something like that. Oh, I, the, I this, think that's giving them a lot of credit. Thing I think that's giving them just, a lot of credit for this, Dave. I don't know about that. Yeah, I think we need to reach out. We, let's let's talk to Ronnie 2K and figure out how, how involved 2K is in, in this whole thing. It's I mean, I just, man, what a terrible idea. It's such a terrible idea. It's going to be bad. I know they're I know they're at this point they're in bed with 2K because they have the league and everything, but like this cannot be the best option. It's going to make for a it's terrible the one we're going to get. Well, yeah, that's true. It doesn't. I guess it doesn't matter if it's the best option. It's the option we're getting. Um, you know what's funny is is trying to figure because I've had a lot of people saying, you know, well, because I, I I did power rankings as soon as the league came back for the twenty two teams coming back, right? And what I thought the format would mean for them. Um, moving forward, not necessarily who I think the best teams are, but who could take advantage of the format. And and I've had a lot of people say, well, don't you think this team does this against this team? And I'm coming back to it thinking, like, I have zero idea what to expect from any of the basketball. And maybe that will get ironed out by the time they get to the playoffs with these eight games in this in this month-long training camp. But I really don't know what to expect with with you know, teams coming back, like, will they still have defensive chemistry, right? Well, what will Utah look like? Because will Rudy and Donovan Mitchell just, you know, be over right. it after a month in training camp together? Like, what? Like, I don't know that I expect the Bucks to come back and be dominant. I don't know that I expect, right. you know, the Clippers to, to be cohesive enough. I don't know that I expect Denver to be able to defend anything. Like, I just don't know what to think of of the product that's going to be on the court. And maybe that's overthinking what this layoff means, but I, and I think I so. I, so I've been approaching it like this. Uh, all the evidence I have up till March, you know, 11th or whatever the day was tells me that the bucks are the best team in the league. Now, I don't know if it'll still be the case, just like I wouldn't have known if it would still be the case by the time we hit the playoffs right. in the regular league. So until I see otherwise, that's how I feel about it. And I've tried to try to approach it that way. With that being said, I do think the layoff and we'll see how, you know, how these training camps work out. But I do think the layoff is going to favor teams that have the more heliocentric type of offenses. So the Lakers, I mean, the Clippers just have a really wacky offense anyway, which is very ISO heavy. And and that throws teams off in general, but it might throw them off even more because of the defensive stuff that you were pointing out. Like just, you know, you, you get into a groove defensively by the time the playoffs come and then you're usually playing some of your best defense and now they don't have that. So what's it going to look like when you see that weird offense out there? And so, you know, the Mavericks are going to have an advantage. I think the Rockets are going to have a huge advantage, especially if Harden is, you know, really in shape 
the way he looks. So I, I do think from from that standpoint that the teams that require less of their lesser players are definitely going to have an advantage early on in this whole thing. God, I want the Rockets to win the championship so bad. <laughs> that would be incredible. Like, it would be such. That that so would, oh my god! So you'd funny. have. You'd have 29 other teams protesting. <laughs> basically. I'm, I'm just going to tell you what I think from an owner's perspective. That would be three bastardized partial. championships, by the way. Right, I Which know. Would be hilarious, dude. And then when people question, it'll be all oh, the media still doesn't want the Rockets to have anything. And then they'll and get I retroactively mad that this championship wasn't in the last dance. <laughs> well, they would. I was going to say they wouldn't have won it if Jordan was in the league. <laughs> oh, telling me Jordan oh, can't come kid, back we now kid and play, the Houston play eight faithful. games. We, we love. No, you I'm one hundred. I'm one hundred percent serious. You guys are whiners, and that's why I want this to happen because I wanted to be polarizing. Um, no, I well, I also like in on top of that of trying to figure out what the layoff means is I don't know what the environment's going to be like for expect like will will the players who do truly feed off the crowd find another thing to feed off of. Can you feed off of your right. bench reactions, right? Like, I don't right. know what to do with any of the environment. And so when you, co- when you come into these neutral courts, like, you know, the Clippers now get a little bit of that advantage back if they face the Lakers because they were not going to have home court advantage at any point in that series, right? Denver loses yeah. they huge advantage in, 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 in any right, in series Den- whatsoever. Right, exactly. Um, Denver, Denver and Utah both lose, you know, these, these altitude benefits, yeah. um, even though teams can kind of adjust to it at certain points. Still, there's, there's still an adjustment period. Like there's a lot that goes into this stuff. Um, Toronto so, loses home court advantage. That was, that was huge for them. I think, I mean, the, the fact that no one has to travel is such a big deal uh, when, when we're thinking about this stuff. But I, I came up with this idea the other day to help with the atmosphere, and this might affect how guys play. Like the guys that, that like you said, like Damian Lillard, who gets up for the crowd. What if the other teams had to watch the games? Like like high school basketball right. tournaments or AAU tournaments? In the arena? Right. Right. Like, so they're there and, you know, maybe even mic them up, whatever you want to do. But I, I, I think about All-Star Saturday night and how there's all the guys there in street clothes just going nuts anytime something crazy happens. Um, and the regular All-Star game where you have like, you know, so many guys standing around. Like at the end of this year's where it felt like, you know, a game happening at Rucker Park. I feel like you could actually... You could do a lot given the circumstances to enhance the experience. And one of them would be more involvement from the players who aren't playing. Like if it's a day off for you, you should be out there watching the games. I love that. You know, contributing to the atmosphere. And I also, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, maybe I'm naive to think this. I think these guys are just going to be competitive because, you know, the idea that you're going to let some guy kick your ass on national TV um, I, I just yeah. don't think that that's going to be the case. These guys are hyper competitive, um, have massive egos. And if you're getting killed, <laughs> you're still getting killed. Whether there's a crowd there watching it or not. And I think that's when, you know, the competitive nature of these guys will come out um, with or without the fans. And, you know, they they love to say stuff like, man, I, do, I don't do this for the glory. You know, I don't do this for the check. It's, it's for the love of this game and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, that's going to be put to the test. It's going to fail. That was my KG impression, yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is gonna fail. <laughs> I think it's listen. I, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be weird, um, but I think it's gonna be good. I think it's just gonna be so different that we're all gonna really enjoy it. And if, like five years from now, we're gonna think about it and talk yeah, about it for sure. And and it and we're gonna say, wow, it was really weird. Dude, but what do you? What do you guys remember and, and about different. the last lockout shortened season? I don't remember that much. With the Heat? When the Heat Yeah, won? when they won it in 2012. Like, I, I you know, um, they came back in December. I remember there was a bunch of, like, four games mm-hmm. and five nights. But I don't distinctly yeah. – I don't remember anything that made that season feel distinct. It was fun. It was, it I was remember compact. that. It, just, it felt it like felt, the game yeah. was coming at you so, so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just I guess it felt like a little bit of a uh, for lack of a better term like just a NBA schedule on steroids, right? Like right. everything just felt so so close together. Like I'm I'm trying to think and and then, you know, I was in I was in high school when in the 99 lockout season. And that one felt that one felt crazy, but it also was, you know, I wasn't you know, analyzing basketball, I was just right. cheering for it. Right. Um, so I don't really, I don't, I don't really have a good context for that. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think back to those two lockout shortened seasons, and I guess. But we also like they were going to games that have fans, you know. So right. I don't know, right. I don't know, I don't know how to judge this one, and I don't know if we'll ever be able to like properly judge this one. I mean, will you got Trey? Will you will you discount a championship? This season, uh, absolutely, absolutely not. No, yeah, no. I'm with you. As long as as long as the balls tipped off and and games are played, nope. Same thing goes for the 2000. I mean, uh, 99 Spurs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody's playing under the same rules. Yeah, I guess right? because like, it's all yeah. equal at that point, right? Like, yeah, it's not like one team gets an empty gym and the other team, you know, gets their full fans to, to come in. Hmm. Although I'm sure that some team is trying to figure this out. Somebody is looking for an advantage right now. That's going to be the other thing to come out of this is what teams are going to come up with a way to bend these rules to their advantage. Probably Houston. <laughs> that, yeah, they, they're coming up with schemes as we speak because that's just the nature of that um, management group. Um, they, they're coming up with schemes and ways to game this new system, like, right now, um, they're hard at work at it. No, that's Chris Paul, bro. <laughs> Chris, Paul. Chris, Paul, Chris Paul has taken a meeting with the CDC. He going to find a way to, to, like, listen, I love what Chris Paul's been doing this year. Like, if it's someone I needed to apologize to, it's definitely him. But, man, he, well, him and LeBron study the rule books to a T. Like, yeah. if they can get you tossed out of a game, if they can get I mean, anything to work in their favor, think they of, know think the Think of the Jersey Tuck, right? Against Minnesota. Yeah, like, so that amazing. was, man, that was next level. That was next so level. I need to speak to a manager. Like, that was, that was unbelievable. So, it was so good and yet bad at the same time that it became good all over right. again. Right? Like, it was such a corny move. But it was so corny that it was amazing. <laughs> also, Trey, I don't know that you need to apologize to Chris Paul yet because the first year is always the good one with Chris Paul. The first year in the new city is always in the new team is always the the one where you're like, wow, man, this Chris Paul, 
you know, professionally does this, and then after that, he gets he gets on the nerves of teammates. Well, and, I mean, I was oh, wait, a, are we? I, I was a fan. Obviously, I, I've been a fan of him and, and respect what he does, especially uh, him being a, a 1985 class of 2003, um, 35 year old. Yeah. But um, again, he he never backs down. It's just the crying part that I think that a lot of people hate. Sure. And they can't oversee, but he is damn good point guard, bro. He's been consistent for a decade. So uh, I got to give him his flowers. Um, but again, I, I, I just, the, the stuff that he does, the measures he takes to win is just always funny to me. It's, yeah, actually, God, now I hope we get a Thunder Rocket series. That's what I want. Are, wait, we're not acting like Chris Paul's going to be back in OKC next year, are we? Uh, who's going to trade for him with the with the salary cap falling the way it is? You going mm. into luxury tax uh, for that? I don't know. I don't know Where about the salary cap dropping a way. just yet. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Chris Paul, Waz. Chris Paul, yeah. and Tom Thibodeau. That's going to be a team. God, can Chris? The question is, can Chris Paul f- play forty two and a half minutes a night? That's what we oh, got to find out. This is going to be. Oh man, I already feel so bad for RJ Barrett. Can't they just announce they've hired Tom Thibodeau? Like, that's what's happening. Man. They're beating around the Tibbs bush. has a great agent, bro. He does. And he, and he helped and he help, and he help Leon Rose get to the Knicks to run. The- I was like, I, I've, got, <laughs> I've, I've got something to say there, but I'm, I'm going to – that would be a bossa nova. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else? Let's do one thing. One thing we want to learn more of before we get to training camps uh, was what's one more thing you want to learn of before we get to training camps? Um, I just kind of want to get to know more about the eight game round robin. I'd love to know how teams like the Lakers, the Bucks, and Clippers are going to treat it. You know, the minutes that they're mm-hmm. going to play the guys, um, what they're going to show and stuff like that. I'm, you know, because the playoffs are going to be the playoffs. Like, it's basically like, all right, round one, you have to first the four wins, you know, moves on. But I'm interested to see how the teams will treat that, that whatever, the freaking 22 team regular season thing. Yeah, I, I'm with Waz on that. Uh, it's the one thing that that I probably have the most questions about. Is for the teams that aren't playing to get in the playoffs. What is what is the incentive to treat you know the let's say the first four like anything more than just tune up exhibition games that they are right? We're not going to see LeBron out there hopefully playing forty minutes in that first right. game back. I, I think we're going to see like you know what we would see from the first preseason game. Maybe he plays the first half, sits the second half, and then they start ramping it up as they go, trying to hit their stride right around game eight. Um, but that's the, that's the thing I, I'm most curious to see. Meanwhile, I think Damian Lillard's probably going to average 40, 40 a game for those eight <laughs> right. games. Well, yeah, I guess, I guess it just depends on how big seating is for them. I really think the NBA dropped the ball by not having any, like if we had four teams tied for the ninth seed in the West, they should all be playing single elimination games. They should, they should trade, mm-hmm. treat it like baseball with, with getting to wild cards. Like if you have, you know, all these ties and everything, they just, you play a game and you move on. I really think the league yep. should have done that instead of the regular tiebreakers, but maybe that's a and single thing. elimination basketball is amazing. Yeah. It would have been it would have been awesome. Um, Trey, what do you what do you want to see? What do you want to know more about in the next month or two? I guess month and a half before everything gets kicked off. Oh, man, I don't really. I'm 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 not too concerned about 
the progress right now. I'm watching closely with the CDC and and the WHO of uh you know this the second wave yeah. that's potentially supposed to hit, and then I can kind of get into focus mode, like you said, the next the last two weeks before the season starts and see how they handle it. But um, as of right now, between Texas and Arizona and other places that have just kind of been loose, um, I'm curious to see how they handle that and then kind of the, the, the back end of that. You know what I mean? Does that affect it or does it still go? And obviously I know that college sports is kind of going to be rolled out in a wave. Yeah. Um, football first and then the other sports kind of following the line. Um, so again, They've been doing just fine with other sports, you know what I mean? But again, it's still high risk. Until somebody actually, until an act- uh, athlete actually um, dies, I think this. I think the show goes on. Sadly. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to take something severe to really, to really kind of you know submarine any any progress in getting back. Or it's just going to take you know baseball not being able to negotiate at all uh, as they as they wilt away. Uh, Dave, what about you? Um, I, I want to see the, the ratings, right? Uh, I am really, really curious when there's nothing else going on. You got a captive audience. Can the NBA actually capitalize on this and, and create new fans in the U S which is something I feel like they haven't focused on in, in recent years. It's all been globally focused. And right now they have a captive American audience. They're going to be the only game in town. I mean, unless we count MLS, which I won't for this purpose. Um, I I want to know what these ratings are going to look like. They they should crush live sports. Dead dead of summer when nobody's able to go anywhere. Can you actually get eyeballs? And then will that change their strategy moving forward? Uh, as far as like trying to get new fans, can you get some of these casuals to become more hardcore? And can you create some new casuals since you don't have baseball, you don't have football, you don't have, uh, well, I guess hockey will be back, but there's not a lot of hockey fans anyway, but you don't have football. You don't have baseball. Can you steal some of those fans? Uh, and then that way you launch the next season. You've got even more eyeballs on your product, which you're going to need because you're not going to be able to sell tickets to the arenas. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I think for me, I want to know more about what just the the protocol is going to be for for testing and health and everything. But I, you know, Howard Beck alluded to this last week that you know that that stuff will become more public um, pretty soon. I, so I guess then it's just what will the players accept and compromise on for the start of next season? Like, because because the players were like, "Yeah, we'll come back, but we don't know about this December 1st. That was essentially the you know kind of the the message coming out of that. So I, I want to know what they're willing to concede for, for the start of next season and how they can use that as a, as a, you know, a, a negotiating chip that, that benefits them more than it benefits the, the owners. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah, I don't think we should be coming back December 1st. I'll tell you that. I think let's take the extra 24 days and come back. Like, for real though. <laughs> seriously it's weird it's weird to go against all of your sports science that you've been advocating for for the last few years just because you you have to hit this you know arbitrary 82 game number yeah Yeah, it's really weird but that is going to do it for this edition of the back-to-back podcast on the athletic podcast network this has been basket buds make sure you check out nerder she wrote which will come out friday 
doing that. Friday. I know you guys recorded, but we're doing Friday. Yeah, it's gonna come out Friday. Okay. Yeah, because we took an extra day for, for the buds this week. And uh, of course, check out Hoops Jason. Checks out check out all the uh, podcasts on the Athletic Podcast Network. And you can uh, comment on those podcasts. We got a new commenting feature if you use the app or if you use the old uh, the old website uh, on a browser on a regular ass computer. So uh, check those out. Subscribe. Do all that good stuff. Uh, keep us going here on uh, the Back to Back Podcast. For Dave DeFore, Trevon Edwards, Wazi Lambre, Jade Hoy, I'm Zach Harper. Thanks for subscribing. Uh-huh.